You're listening to In the Open, a Mental Health America podcast, a space where we explore mental health and navigate the challenges of life through honest and candid conversation. Hi, everyone. It's America. We're back for another session of In the Open. Teresa's here with me, and we have a special guest. He's been with us before, but say hi, Kevin. Hi, I'm Kevin. And then Teresa's there. She's just sitting in the back. What's up, everyone? So today, um, we're going to keep on having conversations around um, everything connected to uh, relationships, our personalities. And one of the things that has come up in terms of how we talk about ourselves and think about ourselves and connecting with people is this question about being introverted, shy, or even depressed. So there's a lot of nuance in that conversation, but we thought we would bring on a guest so that they can help us hear a different perspective as well. So, um, Kevin, out of that question, are you shy, introverted, or depressed? Do you connect at all with any of that? (laughs) I am shy, introverted, and depressed. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What about you, Teresa? I would say yes to all three. Really? Okay. I think I'm introverted. I'm a little shy, but not really. And I'm not depressed. So I kind of embrace my introverted self. But most folks would say I'm not introverted, which is weird. You do seem pretty extroverted. Yeah. It's it's all a mask, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about what that experience is, though, because when we think about this question, I think... From from the get, I'm just like, I don't know that people really understand all of these distinctions. So, Kevin, tell us when you hear like introverted or shy, like what kind of sticks out for you? So when I think about being introverted, that to me is about energy level and where your energy comes from. So people who are introverted tend to get drained during social interactions and then they recover their energy by being alone. And then people who are extroverted are the opposite. They get drained by being alone and they recover their energy around other people. And it's it's not black and white. Most people are somewhere in the middle. Most people have days when they feel more extroverted or more introverted. We all have we all need alone time and social interaction. But introverted people are just more on the spectrum of needing more alone time. I feel that. But I also think, is it a natural thing that is occurring because of who we are as individuals that we navigate, you know, towards this? Or is it a learned behavior? Yeah, I think that I think that actually gets right into the difference between being introverted and being shy. Because to me, when I hear shy, that means that you are socially anxious, you're kind of afraid of opening up, maybe afraid of approaching new people, afraid of speaking your mind. And so there are people who act more introverted because they are shy. So they may want to interact with other people. But being afraid of those interactions keeps them from interacting from other people. So they're behaving like an introvert, even though they may not feel as introverted. So I, I think it kind of there there are a lot of factors at play. You know, it, it can be maybe you just are low energy that day and you don't want to be around a lot of people, or maybe something about the interaction that you're anticipating. Like if you're thinking about going to a party and there's a lot of strangers there and that scares you, you might, you know, decide to, oh well, I've don't feel well today and I'm going to make an excuse to stay home and 
and not go and you're acting introverted, but it, it may have more to do with being shy. I do think that they're, they go hand in hand a lot of the time though. A lot of introverts are shy and a lot of shy people are introverted. I think that what I appreciate about mental health language sometimes is like when I'm depressed, it's what's happening to me, but it's not what I prefer. Okay. Right. It's not when I get to that space, nobody prefers to be freaking depressed when I'm depressed or horribly anxious I don't want to interact with people, but when I'm when I think about my introversion, I prefer my alone time. I'm all those things and sometimes I'll say like I may be like if we think about introversion as a personality, I tend towards introversion more than extroversion. I'm not running to parties. I actually really dislike parties. I really dislike groups. I prefer to hang out with one or two people. Yeah, I feel like when Kevin was describing like the party situation, like that's Teresa, dude. Like she will make an excuse <laughs> not to go to the party, right? It's like, no, uh-uh. Oh, yeah. I'm going to sit at home and watch TV. Yeah. Or I'm going to go on a date with you. It's cool. Yeah. I'll go on a one-on-one meeting, hang out. The shift is like when I'm extra anxious and depressed, I isolate. But that's totally different, right? Like my isolation when I get into those spaces don't feel good. And that's when I'm not getting energy from being an introvert. Yeah, I I will say that in terms of making choices and making decisions about this stuff, it does get kind of murky because there's a lot of stigma against being an introvert, being quiet, being shy, being introverted. All of those things are kind of seen as being maybe people see you as standoffish. Maybe they see you as a weirdo. And so a lot of people who are introverted feel like they shouldn't be introverted. Um, And I spent like years and years of my life denying that I was an introvert and just thinking, well, I'm just I'm just shy and I really want to be around people all the time. And if I just overcome my shyness, then I'll be happier around a lot of people all the time. Mm. And after working on that a lot and gradually becoming less shy over time and then still realizing that I still needed a lot of alone time. I, I had to sort of come to terms with like, oh, those are two different things. And I don't have to see being introverted as like a weakness. Yeah. I appreciate that. I, I especially feel that when I see charismatic people. Do you feel this way? You see people who are charismatic and is charisma tied to extroversion versus introversion? And the what is the opposite? If I'm yeah. not which is silly because I do think that I am, but different. Like I can perform, I can go teach and I can turn it on, but that experience is different for me than going to a party. But I think you 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 give of yourself differently in those spaces, babe, because like when you're, I'm going to, you're performing in quotes, right? When you're out in the world teaching or whatever, you're you're giving of yourself with some power in that you know something that you're giving to people, which that's a whole different conversation about what you believe and all that. The other is what Kevin was getting to, and I think is so important, is it really is seen as something that's not good. Like you being quiet, keeping to yourself, people automatically is like, well, what's wrong with you? Like, why don't you talk to people? Why Why are you like that? And you kind of have to defend yourself and say, Mm -hmm. "Uh, there's nothing wrong with me. This is just how I am. Yeah. We brought up the size of a group that matters. And I think that's really interesting because in a group of five or six, when you're not the talker, 
Yeah. You especially feel like you're not pulling weight. Oh, see, this is where we get into even more dimensions of this because I'm a weird introvert where if I'm going to be socializing, I want to be socializing with as many people as possible generally. But like, but is there a difference between two and five and 20? Yeah, two is worse. Five is fine. 20 is best. And the, the reason for it, <laughs> for so it, okay. one-on-one interactions are the worst. Unless I like absolutely deeply trust that person entirely. And that really, really usually only happens if I'm like dating somebody. Only in that situation can I be with one person one-on-one for more than a couple of hours and not get anxious about it. Because when you're one-on-one with somebody, the pressure is 100% on you to carry the interaction. I mean, obviously them too, but it's the interaction between the two of you. All the attention is on you and you can't really hide. But in a large group of people, you can kind of zone out and there's other people carrying on the conversation. You can like disappear into the corner. You can sit at the snack table. You don't have to constantly be the one bringing the energy to the party. Yeah. So yeah, that for for me that's much easier than like one-on-one interactions where I'm constantly having to stay focused on the conversation and engage. Yeah, I was definitely not talking about talking to other people I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> don't talk to people I don't know. I run away from them. I think too, but what you're bringing up is like this idea of of definitely carrying a conversation in in that type of connection, but also um, an aspect of vulnerability, right? Where it is so much harder. It just makes me feel anxious thinking about it, which I can do, but it's also tied to that idea of performing. Like it depends who I'm actually having to talk to on a one-on-one basis. Generally, I I can do that. And then I'm like, oh, I have to go. (laughs) I see my mother's calling. (laughs) It's so uncomfortable. Yeah. I think it's so interesting that people think you're an extrovert. Like, why does that happen? But you think you're an introvert. They see me out talking to people. And then I think that's generally when you're like, oh, look, she's she can so talk to people. And then I I do it because I, I have to. But I like being by myself. I am completely fine having myself conversations with myself you know it's fine yeah I think it has to do with people mixing up shy and introverted because I don't think either of you come across as shy to anybody I know you both said that you are shy at least in some situations but neither of you seems shy I don't think anyone's ever in my life thought that I was an extrovert (laughs) (laughs) Uh, maybe when I was like teaching psychoeducation classes and I'm in front of like 40 people talking at once and I, I, I was good at that and so people assumed that that was because I loved being around people all the time. Right. But for the most part, people think that I'm really standoffish. It takes like months for people to warm up to me sometimes. I seem really shy because I'm just like, I'm quiet and I don't like give off the behaviors of an extrovert. Mm -hmm. I just have a lot of inertia. Like once you get me started talking, sometimes I can't stop talking, but it's very hard to get me started. Yeah. It's different, too, because it's in a professional setting. I feel a lot of pressure to turn it on. Mm -hmm. And I've definitely lost my shyness in the context of work, where I feel immense pressure to not be shy and have worked enough through my – like, I wouldn't say I ever had social anxiety, 
I'm not scared to talk to people, but in a certain context, that social anxiety knob turns up where like imposter syndromes, if you put me in certain crowds of people or with certain types of personality, I will start to get anxious and sweaty and 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 where my anxiety can become a little like socially anxious, you know, but I, but I definitely have learned to stop that, especially when it runs right up against what I feel like I'm supposed to be in the context of work. Yeah, I the idea of of the workplace, I think is interesting, but I, I go back to thinking about when I was younger, you know, where this recently came up where they're like, you're such a nerd. And I was like, yo, I embrace it. Thank you. Yay. I like reading my books and being in my own world. And that's how I was when I was little. And when I would be compared with like my cousins who were of similar age that were just like out and doing all kinds of stuff and kind of in your face, they would say, well, you should be more like that because they're going to, you know, they look, they're having they're so much fun. It. And I'm like, I'm having tons of fun. Yeah. I'm not sitting here jumping up and down, but I'm having fun. So I think it's sometimes difficult when you're exploring this to understand you don't have to conform to what the world is telling you should be to make them comfortable with who you are. Yeah. But that takes time to be able to own that space. And then when you get into this conversation and you're even like, maybe I am shy, maybe I am introverted. And then you start asking, well, like, whoa, hold up. Is this something that's maybe tied to depression? That changes, I think, the way that we then engage in understanding our experience. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we haven't really talked about, we've talked about shyness versus introversion, but we haven't really talked about how those intersect with depression when you're depressed it's easy to think very negatively about yourself and to assume that other people are thinking negatively about you and that can make you more shy because you're more afraid of interacting with people because you assume that they're going to think all these horrible things about you that you think about yourself it can also make you act more introverted in the sense that like your energy levels are lower when you're depressed. And so the energy it would normally take you to go out and socialize with two or three friends might normally be normally that's manageable. But when you're depressed, even like tying your shoes can seem overwhelming. So going out and socializing with groups of people can be just totally out of the question. And that can happen to people who are even normally extroverted. They just suddenly kind of lose their enjoyment from social activity and as I said before, there, there's like more reason to be anxious in that situation when you think that people are, are thinking negatively of you. I think because I'm because I am introverted and anxious, not shy, but anxious. It's harder to tell when I'm depressed when I'm slipping into a depressed episode because it feels so close to just like naturally who I am. And it isn't until I notice certain things like when color changes, even like showering, like we joke about showering, but I don't shower a lot anyways. <laughs> like what, like I think of like when I start to recognize that I'm slipping into a bad depression, like I, I often wonder if it's harder for me to tell because I'm an introvert and I'm anxious. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely true for me at least. So how can you tell? What are your tell signs? Like how can you tell when you're depressed? So one thing to look for is 
your general level of enjoyment of activities that are normally enjoyable. So it's one thing if you just don't feel like socializing and that's not enjoyable to you. That could be one thing that you're not in the mood for that day. But I have a lot of hobbies. And so I know that if I am not socializing, but I'm also when I'm playing the piano, I'm not enjoying it and it feels like a chore. And then if I, I'm like, okay, well, I'll go draw instead. And I do that and that feels like a chore and I'm not enjoying it. And all my thoughts are about how bad I am and how frustrating it is. And then I go to Netflix and I'm like scrolling through the like, just all the thumbnails of all the shows and can't even decide what to watch because everything sounds boring. Mm. And and there's just absolutely nothing that I can think of that would bring me any joy in that moment. A lot of the time that can be an indicator that I'm depressed and that it's not just about that social component. Now I'm like, do I have hobbies? <laughs> do I generally enjoy you do have anything? Hobbies. Tell me what you think my hobbies are. You like knitting. No. <laughs> oh my god okay then you lie. I like touching yarn <laughs> <laughs> I do like okay. knitting but I'm not like a hobby I feel like it's something you pick up because you really like it like you're I do like knitting and I knit with my mom I do like it but I feel like a hobby is something you find joy in I, I actually I hear this all the time when I talk about my hobbies because I have hobbies that are like very like stereotypical like talent-based hobbies. I play the guitar, I play the piano, and I draw. Those are things that like I'm relatively good at at least drawing and playing the piano. And when people think of hobbies, they think of like art and music. And they think of people who are, like practice it all the time and get really good and like maybe do things with it. I'll mention that I do those things and people are like, man, I wish I had hobbies. And then they'll start talking about like, oh, all I do is like refurbish old worn out furniture and pick up that's a like, big hobby yeah. <laughs> or like i just make jewelry or that's i just i don't know i just read lots and lots and lots of books and i have a book club that i organize and that's all i do and and i think that people i think that generally speaking introverts tend to have a lot of like activities that they do that are sometimes very solitary but they when they do socialize, it's like around these activities, like, because you have all this alone time, that's time that you can spend doing things like drawing by yourself or whatever. But I think that so many people who do that don't recognize the things that they do as yeah, hobbies. They discount that experience. Yeah. See, like, I would say, Teresa likes knitting. No, I, you know, what came to my brain and it's very hard to, because it also is problematic is like eating Cheetos. No, I did also think eating Cheetos, but, um, like playing Pokemon go, but not even in a social <laughs> way. It's like playing Tetris. These are, is that a hobby? Like I, I somehow have picked up my child's, um, game of, he started it and now I've become addicted to it. It's like Animal Crossing, but not Animal Crossing. It's how to train your dragon. And I'm like, why am I playing this how to train your dragon where I feed the dragon and I'm a grown woman? <laughs> and there's no joy. It's like, 
I wonder to the extent that the repetitiveness of it makes me feel calm. It reminds me of Tetris. But does that bring me joy? That's the difference, right? I have a lot of anxiety about how much time I also spend on. I cannot pick up Animal Crossing or Stardew Valley because I can 100% guarantee you I will instantly become addicted and it will become a problem in my life. (laughs) But where is the difference between turning to something because it brings you calmness it doesn't always have to bring you calmness who said that or see that okay this is maybe another podcast you know because i think that people don't look down on drawing or music but people look down on video games Mm -hmm. and a lot of video gaming is addictive but also calming for people so i struggle i don't have hobbies that are acceptable to society <laughs> i question that but and so then i know. wonder if i'm depressed because when i'm i know when i'm depressed i i can tell you 100 percent when i am depressed i my percentage of time spent on pokemon go increases exponentially <laughs> okay but not running around if i start to get better then i could go walk and catch pokemon but i will just find a spot that's near a stop and just but now my box is full, so I can't even do that. So I had to go find some other game where I'm sedentary and doing something repetitive, you know. But that is how I can tell that I'm depressed. So it's not like a, it's not a hobby. I do appreciate that. I have to think about that. I have to, I have to turn to other things because I don't have hobbies. I have, I, I can tell that like color changes. I can tell that I have this weird fog in my brain. And I feel like I say that to people in the way that color also looks. But when I have a brain fog and when I'm in that time of depression, everything slows down and I'm exhausted all the time. I just can't move or think. But that's very different than being introverted, right? Where when I'm not in that space, I, I, I enjoy my alone time, whether whatever it is I'm doing, but I don't feel shame about it. And I definitely don't feel like I recognize that it's a problem because I'm isolating. But what's interesting, based on your what you guys have shared, like um, Kevin has identified points where he doesn't find joy, right, in these things that normally bring some sort of joy for him. So that's like the first red flag. And then on your side, you're just like, no, like there are distinct physical differences in my body that are going to you know, serve as the flag and say, hold up, something's happening. Let me figure this out. But neither one of you have mentioned like the idea of connection with people. So, Mm. right. Like, (laughs) are you, we hate people. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I think that is one of the big things. I think that it's easy for people who are introverted to not think that they need other people. I think because you naturally just sort of gravitate towards spending a lot of time alone or with very small groups of people, you just think that you don't need people. And so you you don't really recognize the negative impact that that's having on your mental health. Like you might think that you're depressed for some totally different reason and never make the connection between like, oh, when was the last time I actually went outside with friends and did an activity? It's been weeks. Maybe that has something to do with why I don't feel great. I like the idea of how you guys are really framing this because 
Yeah, you know, earlier I said, like, I can totally just be fine with myself. But I, I know, too, when there's a moment that I'm just like, okay, that's it. You've had enough conversations with yourself. You have to go interact with the world. Yeah. You need to hear somebody else's voice. You know, Rocco isn't talking back to you. And yeah. it's like, okay, dude. So then there's that, um, there's a need for that interaction. Yeah. 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 No, it's totally true. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of self-reinforcing too, because if you never talk to people, you're going to become more shy because you're going to be out of practice. Talking to people mm-hmm. is the skill, like any other skill, the more you do it, generally, the better you get at it. And so if you don't socialize with other people, you'll be out of practice. And then when you're out of practice, you're afraid to go socialize to people because you're afraid you're going to say something stupid. And so I, I do think that that is a really important balancing act that every introvert has to play is to think about not like constantly doubting yourself, but just like checking in with yourself periodically and being like, okay, how long has it been since I went out and did something social? Is that because I just really genuinely didn't want to and there's other things that are bringing me joy right now? Or is it because I'm afraid or because I'm just more comfortable staying home and watching TV and and just like not thinking about it at all? That's a nice summary to this whole discussion. I feel like the entirety of this discussion was a reflection of the confusingness of living through trying to make distinctions about these aspects of our personality, right? Like everybody here is processing like, how am I an introvert? And how does this bleed into being shy or depressed? And it's messy. I think society also wants us to label these things in us without recognizing that they're all on spectrums and they're all ebbing and flowing constantly in your life. Like, yeah, I think one reason why I wonder to what reason why you have more clarity during this conversation is is where you are versus where I am because I'm just coming out of a weird depressed episode. And so my brain is not able to think as clearly about the distinction between the three. Whereas when I hear you talk, I'm like, Kevin knows. <laughs> I mean, to be clear, I have been like in a low key depressive episode and have not been socializing very much. And so it's not like I'm perfect at this. This has been on my mind for that reason, but it it's not like I have attained some stage of enlightenment where I have exactly the right social interaction every time. And it's just like, unfortunately, it's just something that as an introvert and as a shy person, you kind of need to work on your whole life. Like if you're shy, some people can just overcome shyness and never be shy again. Um, I really hoped that that would happen to me. And Wait, so are you in? A, are you coming out of a depressed episode right now? I hope I'm coming out of it. <laughs> okay. So well, uh, this is that so, totally warps my theory because I know I'm coming out of a depressed episode, right? So, but so are you? Yeah, I mean, it kind of. And the way this started for me kind of ties in with what you're saying about like socializing being a skill and habits and all that, where I I got COVID at the beginning of the year and I was, you know, isolating for two weeks and I was hanging out with my girlfriend, but nobody else for two weeks. And that just really got me out of the habit of talking to anybody else, including my roommates. And I just stayed in that habit. Like I was just like, oh, I guess, you know, it's been two weeks since I talked to anybody, whatever. I'll just keep not doing that. And so I just continued to not go out of my way to seek social interaction until like 
when it was too late, I, not too late, but like long after the fact, I, I noticed that, oh, my energy level is really low and I've had a hard time really enjoying things. And it's also winter and I haven't really gone outside much. Maybe all of this is somehow connected. Yeah. That's a good frame though, Kevin, I think to help really encapsulate all of all of this conversation and, and the piece that you touched on, right? Like the whole COVID situation has in many ways changed people's ways of interacting with people, right? It's not it's so many ways, but coming from a place where you may be an introvert and you do, and you go days, weeks without talking to anybody and you're just living with it, it becomes so natural that it's like a slippery slope, right? You can easily get into this place that you just maintain your isolation and kind of like just wrap yourself around it. So you kind of have to fight to really push yourself to move forward. Yeah, I want to give something that's like somewhat actionable, I guess. Um, we were talking about hobbies earlier and just interests that people may not normally consider hobbies. And I, I think a lot of the time when people who are introverted or shy think about socializing, it's really intimidating because they're imagining going to a huge party with a bunch of strangers who are going to try to talk to them about things they don't care about, or they're going to have to maintain small talk or whatever. A lot of introverts are able to get a lot of their social interaction through their interests and hobbies. And so doing things like, you know, if you like to read a lot, join a book club. If you like to draw, find some friends who also like to draw and invite them over and draw together. Finding ways to turn your interests into an excuse to hang out with other people, I find very helpful. One thing that is really helpful for my shyness is whenever I'm in a situation where I have a an excuse or like a reason to talk to other people that makes it much easier. So kind of like Teresa was saying about work earlier, when it's your job to have this conversation with somebody, then you are like in this position, this role that you're acting out and it's not as vulnerable. And the same thing kind of happens when you're in a group that's centered around a hobby. So if I go to like a group of artists and everybody's drawing, you can go up to somebody and you can ask them what kind of pen they're using or where they learned to do that technique or whatever. And you're starting a conversation, but it doesn't feel the way it feels when you just go up to a party and you say hi to a random person and introduce yourself. You're, you're connecting on sort of this already established common ground. And that I think is a really good way to just get a little bit more social interaction into your life easily. I like that idea, especially one of the previous episodes we were talking about is like, how, how do you go out and find people like yourself, right? And that's a really good stepping stone to get you into these social situations with um, a safety blanket, right? Mm -hmm. You're not just like going out there. So I, I appreciate that. Teresa, do you have any last thoughts? Just I like, I like what Kevin said, you know, he flushed it out. It's similar. I mean, the only thing that jumped in my brain was the word isolation. Like I could tell when I'm isolating and I know what that feels like and how my depression makes me want to be there and convinces me that that's a good thing. But everything in my life and the evidence is that it's not. And and it's ultimately a really bad thing. And that's that's how I can tell where my personality slides into these other places where my brain's going to a 
a difficult spot and ultimately is where I don't want to be. And and I and I have to start putting together my my plans for like taking care of myself before it gets worse. Well, thank you. We're going to um, keep having these conversations next week. So thanks, Kevin, for spending time with us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right. Keep fighting in the open, everyone. Check you next week.